I'm Rodney Wittenberg. And I'm David Heitler Clevens. And this is Music for, for the, the New Revolution. Revolution. Welcome back to Music for the New Revolution. And in episode two, we are going to be focusing on that wonderful time period from the, when we woke up from the election and all thought maybe we'd had a nightmare <laughs> up until the nightmare coming true on Inauguration Day. Uh, it was a nightmare. <laughs> it's still a nightmare. It's still a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to look at some songs that were written basically... Our first song we're going to look at was written uh, election night, and I was lucky enough to be in the audience on inauguration day and heard it performed live, and that is uh, Frank Turner's Sand in the Gears, and I've been a big Frank Turner fan. Actually, the Rev at my church that I go to, which I really wouldn't call a church, I'm a universal Unitarian, for those of you who know anything about religion, it's it's the least religion me of all religions, would you say, David? <laughs> I suppose that's probably true. Uh, yes, the Quakers were like, those guys are liberal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, our, my ref turned me on to uh, Frank Turner's music, and I've been a fan ever since. And uh, just seeing him live is a revelation. He's, he's this scrawny English guy who just runs all over the stage and combines uh, singer-songwriter ideas and ways of thinking about music with punk rock and it's just a lot of fun and this is the most amazing thing i just gave him a call and asked him if i could interview him and he agreed so here is uh an interview with frank turner on how he came up with uh sand in the gears This song's called The Sand in the Gears. I felt really kind of like physically driven to address the subject in music and in words. Um, it's better that the songs were kind of like pulled out of me by current events, as it were. Um, it's not kind of Rage Against the Machine, you know what I mean? It's not propaganda, but it's uh, songs about that address kind of the current world situation and sort of how I feel about it and how I think most people feel about it, sort of sense of impending doom and dread. And, um, and how we respond to that. So that was a sort of general background. Um, I've written sort of, just, I've written the words and I sort of initially put them to a slightly different set of, uh, set of chords and melody and with a pretty different feel. And then I wasn't particularly happy with them. I went away, uh, I went away on holiday over New Year, took my guitar with me and I sat on a beach and started messing around with different uh, stylistic and feel approaches to the song and um, came up with uh, the current version. And then um, on the first day of the tour, when we were in Silver Spring, Maryland, just outside of D.C., I was playing the song in soundcheck, and I sort of had the idea that the guys in the band might join in for that last section of the song. And uh, I was just sort of playing it through, and everyone was listening, and I pulled out the chords as we went into it. 
and everybody just sort of joined in and suddenly we had you know a working arrangement of the song and uh and then i think it was nigel my drummer who just said why don't we play that and i said okay let's play it and then of course that then escalated quickly into why don't we open with it and given that we were playing just outside dc on the day of the inauguration you know i'm i'm in favor of being bold as an artist and uh it seemed like a bold thing to do so yeah we just kind of we rolled it out i was pretty nervous uh, that first time that we played it, I have to say, um, having not engaged so directly with politics for a long time, and indeed given the, the place and the time that we were in, you know, I was wondering what the reaction was going to be like, and the reaction was largely overwhelmingly positive, which was a nice thing. Can't I just spend the next four years? At a punk show I want to spend The next four years In the front row Cause if the world outside Is going to shit Then you will find me In the centre of the circle pit I'm gonna spend The next four years At a punk show Can't I just spend the next four years getting wasted? Maybe if I drink enough whiskey shots, I can face it. Cause if we're welcoming in World War Three, then I'm waving goodbye to my sobriety. I'm gonna spend the next four years getting wasted. What do we do if they don't represent us? What do we do, do, do? I thought that we were winning the war against the homophobes and the racists. You can't be serious, man. We can't be this fucked. Well, I'm sorry, old friends. I guess it's time to suck it up. Don't go giving up now. Here's what we do. We can't just spend the next four years in a safe space. I'm gonna spend the next four years getting outraged. So every single day let's find a brand new way to let the motherfuckers know that we can't be swept away. I'm gonna spend the next four years on the barricades The change is gonna come And there's nothing to be done The change is gonna come, come, come The only thing to choose is to decide which way you're gonna jump So don't give in to the hatred, don't give in to the fear Pour yourself a shot of anger to go with your beer. Let's be the sand in the gears for the next four years. Sing it with me. Let's be the sand in the gears for the next four years. Everybody. Let's be the sand in the gears for the next four years. Let's be the sand in the Sand in the gears for the next four years Trust me, it's gonna be 
think the thing that I've forgotten in, in putting it exactly that way is that, um, you know, the other function of art is to give expression to ideas that might be common in a community that are hard to express, you know, and um, there is mileage in, in, in doing that, you know, in, in sort of serving as a kind of lightning rod to a feeling in a room or in a community or in a society and trying to sort of express a, a, a common feeling. I just love that song. It, it's so cool. And I love how he goes through all the things that he feels and how he feels down and, and kind of out and like, there's no hope, but then, you know, he, he winds up, he's going to be at the punk rock show and he's going to be, you know, going to making sure that he puts sand in the gears for the next four years. And, and that's just really cool. Frank Turner's an amazing songwriter. And I think there's always a challenge when you try and write something really fast for something that you run the risk of it being not your best work, but I, I really like that song a lot. And, uh, and thank you, Frank, for taking the time to talk to me about your process and, and, and writing the songs. So up next, David, we have, uh, uh, speaking of songwriters who write songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, my wife and I had seen this meme on Facebook that I'm sure lots of you have seen, uh, that was a, a takeoff on the Mary Poppins song, and it said, super callous, fragile, sexist, racist, braggadocious. And Janie and I thought, oh, we got to write that that parody. Uh, but before we got to it, speaking of being quick on the draw and, and getting to these things quickly, uh, uh, Aileen Vance, who's a wonderful songwriter on, on the West Coast, beat us to it and did a great uh, uh, take on that. Uh, and then some of you may have also heard Randy Rainbow uh, went off on that as well and did a great thing. And so a lot of people know that one best because he's got a lot of, of uh, viewers on YouTube, deservedly so. Uh, anyway, we, we took Aileen's uh, version and we changed it a little bit. And um, we originally were writing this before the election, but after the election, even though uh, Jenny, my wife, didn't want to do it anymore uh, because it was so depressing, uh, we, we've continued doing it and we've adapted it some. So uh, we're going to do it right here live in the studio for you. Yes. Okay. And here's David. Hi, Jenny. And here's David and Jenny doing uh, super callous. Fragile, sexist, racist, braggadocious. Yeah, say that ten times fast. I can't. <laughs> the Donald says that he was poor when he was just a lad. He swears he had a humble start and never was a cad. A small loan from his dad gave him a solid business plan. And now he swindles billions out of everyone he can. Oh, super callous, fragile, sexist, racist, braggadocious. Even just the thought of him is something quite atrocious. He can yell it louder, but he'll never sound precocious. Super callous, fragile, sexist, racist, braggadocious. Um, did you really mean to vote for this guy? Um, did you really mean to vote for this guy? He thinks that just because he's male that it's okay to grope. Even if the woman very clearly tells him nope. The way he's talking, he should have his mouth washed up with soap. He thinks that we believe his lies, he must be high on dope. Oh, super callous, fragile, sexist, racist, braggadocious. Even just the thought of him is something quite atrocious. He can yell it louder, but he'll never sound precocious. Super callous, fragile, sexist, racist, braggadocious. 
Um, did you really mean to vote for this guy? Um, did you really mean to vote for this guy? When he doesn't like the questions, he labels them attacks. He's got creative numbers and alternative facts. He's the biggest dictator, he'd like to crush dissent. He wants to be our emperor, not our president. Oh, super callous, fragile, sexist, racist, braggadocious. Even just the thought of him is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll probably get psychosis. Super callous, fragile, sexist, racist, braggadocious. Um, did you really mean to vote for this guy? Um, did you really mean to vote for this guy? flaming bag of Cheeto hair tells lies like they Super callous, fragile, sexist, racist, braggadocious Even just the thought of him is something quite atrocious If you say it loud enough, you'll probably get psychosis Super callous, fragile, sexist, racist, braggadocious Um, did you really mean to vote for this guy? Um, did you really mean to vote for this guy? Well, we could laugh at what he says or what he told the crowd But at day's end, we must be sure that he is not allowed to ruin everything and turn our world into a dump. He's the biggest turd we've ever heard. Let's all say no to Trump. No. Oh, super callous, fragile, sexist, racist, braggadocious. Even just the thought of him is something quite atrocious. He can yell it louder, but he'll never sound precocious. Super callous, fragile, sexist, racist, braggadocious. All right, Dave and Jenny, that was pretty cool. Thank um, you. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I like the, uh, the humor in it. You know, we got to laugh to keep from crying sometimes. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, this next song uh, I found online, and it's really interesting. In fact, the next two songs we're going to play are written by people who are not American but wanted to comment on um, what's going on. And, and also there is a movement that's happening across the world where people are uh, – just afraid of the change that happens. I think we went through this again. We we went through this at the beginning of the 20th century where uh, almost we're repeating it. That I never really thought about it until just this moment. I mean, mm. if you look back at the beginning of the 20th century, it was a massive amount of change going on. I mean, it's a 100-year anniversary of the Russian Revolution and World War One and the rise of, uh, of Nazism in Germany. And it was all around the, some of the same exact issues of there just not being enough uh, money and people thinking that they, they tried to make someone else the the the, uh, the cause of all the problems. Right, uh, the anti-immigrant sentiment. And, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, here, the anti-immigrant segment was huge. A lot of people, one of the things that really drives me crazy when I talk to people on Facebook that really just, just gets in, oh, <laughs> is how so many people are just unaware of how anti-Irish, um, anti-Italian, Mm-hmm. And anti-Jewish, we the United States was, and, and not to mention Chinese and um, and other immigrants coming into this country from the middle of the last century, middle of the eighteen hundreds up until the middle of the last century. Yeah, it's always it's especially depressing. I think when you think of people whose own family members were treated badly, mm-hmm. 
and then when they're no longer feeling that, they turn around and treat other people that way. So, yeah, yeah and that's that's where we need that sense of history for mm -hmm. people who are of Irish background, of French background, et cetera, mm -hmm. for them to recognize, you know, a commonality with, you know, people who are Mexican today and yeah. people from, you know, Middle East. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, and it's mind-blowing when you see some of the same comments or uh, things said. I mean, I looked up some of the anti-Irish stuff, and it was—it's exactly what's being said today about um, they're taking our jobs. Yeah, and they're dirty and you know, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's just—you're being very polite, David. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's kind. I don't want to say the ugly stuff myself. <laughs> very, very kind compared to what I found. Um, it feels bad coming out of my mouth. You know? and, and, and that really does go right into this next song, which. Uh, not only uh, does it have a strong message, but I just love it. It's not the greatest song in the world, but I love that someone took on sort of the, uh, I think a better way to describe it for people who aren't familiar with this type of music, but there's a uh, there's a very kind of German metal sound. And yeah. <laughs> this is kind of the darker side of that German metal. But what someone decided to do was sort of play with the whole idea of that and make the whole song the, the lyrics of the song are really all about being accepted and being open and it also points to germany's past and saying we are not going to repeat that again because we are going to be tolerant <laughs> and kind and it's just so i mean the first time i saw it i just like this is so freaking awesome i just love it so here is um be deutsch remember remember the 9th of november Broken glass, fire, and plot. I know of no reason why our very own treason should ever be forgot. Wake up, Deutschland, sleeping beauty. Can you hear your call of duty? The world has gone that's why we're back to help mine shots Achtung Germans on the rise But this time we are fucking nice Authoritarian nationalist dorks and pitchforks, you are not the people, you are the past. True Germans come for you, better run fast. Ten million bicycle helmets inside, jack Wolski jackets marching through the night. Birkenstocks stomp the ground, munching kebab and muesli, earth shattering sound. Guten Tag, the true Germans are here. We are xenophobic's biggest fear. Called for strong leaders, fences and walls But being like us takes bigger balls Cause we are right Nice Liberal Nice Compassionate Nice Considerate Nice Reasonable Nice Social Nice Temperate Nice Peaceful Say it clear Say it loud We are proud of not being proud We are here to with thicket hair yeah 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 we have already been there 
Blaster to tonic expertise We know where assholery leads Have an election to vote for the best But we see it more like an IQ test We've learned our lesson, so take our advice Hold together, try to be nice and nice Open next selection uh, we're only going to play an excerpt of and and uh it's really important with these songs because they really kind of do depend on the video um which is a really interesting thing how some of these songs just don't really hold up when we just play them and this is another one because there's so much stuff in the video that kind of explains the song and and again this is another example of uh not necessarily the best <laughs> protest song in the world best song in the world but i really like these girls and um and it's interesting because they are a band that does that specializes in doing political music probably more and have more to lose by doing it than most bands who do political well music. they were very famous for being put in prison in russia so yeah they definitely have taken risks that way i i agree with you though rodney about this song and and i think if you uh i really recommend you watch the video of b deutsch i'm not sure i would say the same of this pussy riot song because i found it uncomfortable and i don't mean that in a good way uh i i, I thought there were a lot of real problems with with the video well, what are you, well, you're, well what were some of your problems well i i think my biggest one was that for well first of all like you said the song isn't great so mm -hmm. the song doesn't really um make its point in the in the most effective way mm -hmm. i think but i think my biggest problem i have with the video of this and and i don't know if we even said the name of the song yet it's mm -hmm. it's called make america great again 
and they have people dressed up as Trump and mm-hmm. you know stuff like mm-hmm. that and and uh, sort of fascist like prison guards mm-hmm. and things like that. But there's a lot of kind of um, sexualized stuff in it linked with violence, and that can be done to make a point. Mm-hmm. In this case, I didn't think it worked. I thought it just uh-huh. was uncomfortable. It's just uncomfortable for and, me anyway. <laughs> yeah, and that actually would lead me to a, 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 I mean, it's clear this podcast is being created way after this time period we're talking about. So more recently, we just had the whole episode with um, Kathy Griffith. And, and right. I guess when, do you have a line for art? Because like, like, to me, I, when, when I saw the reaction to Kathy Griffin and, and also to Bill Maher over the past weekend... Um, it really made me think that if Mark Twain was alive, he would get killed. <laughs> mm. I mean, not to that extent, but if Mark Twain was alive or Oscar Wilde or, I mean, Mort Saul, I mean, uh-huh. like Lenny Bruce, there's just no, it just seems like, um, on some level, we are not allowed to make, um, art that, hmm, how do I say this in a way in, in which I mean, that, there's a line that we're not allowed to cross as artists, which didn't used to be there when times were actually in some ways more conservative. Hmm. Um, you know, when you think about, I mean, it, it, it is, is um, uh, Paul Robeson singing old man river uh, as it was considered like this amazingly bold and, 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 and out there protest. Is where? How do I ask? Is today's equivalent Kathy Griffin holding up the head of Trump, or is it, is it not? I mean, where, like, where's the line? Yeah, well, I think that's a tricky question, but I guess you know one one thing I just want to say is my reaction also about that whole thing with Kathy Griffin mm-hmm. is um, something I saw out there that I really agree with, which mm-hmm. is if you were not outraged by all the like mm-hmm. lynching images of Obama, mm-hmm. you do not get to be outraged <laughs> by this. And I right. think that is totally true. The hypocrisy yeah. of oh, yeah. the right in going ballistic about mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. but you can put, you know, uh, uh, liberal politicians mm-hmm. photos in, in uh, crosshairs as mm-hmm. if they're meant to be shot, right. which Sarah Palin mm-hmm. celebrated, you know, yeah. and they weren't upset by that. So they really don't get to be upset yeah. by this, but I still think your other question is, is more challenging. And, mm-hmm. Um, obviously it's a personal mm-hmm. answer. Everybody's got to have their own idea yeah. of where the line is. And mm-hmm. I kind of think both things are true. I think in one way there is a sense that, you know, there are certain lines that are not to be crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that I think is good. I mean, the, the, the attacks on so-called political correctness, I mean, I think it should be unacceptable, you know, publicly to be openly racist or hateful towards, you know, various mm-hmm. groups. But, I think that a lot of times people act as if when people criticize things that are offensive, that they're stopping them from being able to be said. And that's not the same thing. Right. You know, so I can say I disagree with this song or this speech or this comedy routine, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, you know, saying it shouldn't exist or they shouldn't be allowed to say Mm -hmm. it. And I think even with a lot of these things, there's outcry. We have the right to have outcry Mm -hmm. over things that we find offensive. But, you know, there's a difference between saying you know, that should be censored officially. So, and some people do come out and say that. Yeah. Like, I think there's a big difference between Kathy Griffith doing what she did by holding up, doing a, basically a performance art piece. Mm -hmm. And and I have to be honest, I haven't seen it. I've only seen the reaction to it, Right. but I've read about it. And (laughs) so seeing her do this photo thing, this, 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 um, esoteric art piece, holding up the head of Trump, that's very different 
than Bill O'Reilly actually sexually assaulting women. Sure. Yeah, they're definitely. two completely different things. It's not that he said it, it's that he actually is accused of doing it. And the, right. I would say the same thing's true for Bill Cosby. So right. um so they're different. And I think that people like to sort of conflate the two or bring right. the two together. And then I also think, you know, wow, I mean, just all of my heroes from the clash to the sex pistols to Lenny Bruce and George Carlin. And I mean, yeah, they crossed the line a mm -hmm. lot of times, but they're also smart right. in how they do it. And I think that would be the one um, thing I would say about Kathy Griffin is that it just wasn't that smart. Uh -huh. it, well, and I think the other question is, are people crossing the line because they feel the need to, because it's important to do it? Mm -hmm. Or is it just to cross the line? Like, are, yeah. I mean, do we push boundaries because they need to be pushed? Or do we just push boundaries because we're trying to be as extreme as we possibly can be? Yeah. And and those are difficult to parse out as well. But I think uh, but I think it's worth, you know, in terms of how effective or how necessary the the extremeness is, uh, it, it, that's a question that comes to me. Because sometimes I see people and I'm just thinking... Yeah, you know, you just don't need to go there. Yeah, you know, there's, there's no, there's, there's other no ways need. to go there. There's other ways to get to that point, and right. and uh, more effective, more effective. And I have to say uh, a little shout out to to uh, my friend Josh who introduced me to uh, Harlan Ellison, the the science fiction writer. And I have never seen someone take someone down so brilliantly and brutally with words I needed to go look up after I was <laughs> so I'm like what do you call that guy whoa I don't know what that word means I don't know what 10 of those words mean um so there is ways of doing it that are smart and cutting and biting without being base and I think that's one of the things that I miss um you know Patty Smith and mm -hmm. I could keep going down the list. I mean, even, you know, um, but there was smart, there was a smartness to the, mm -hmm. to the, it wasn't just all teen angst or angriness, angry for being angry. There was some smartness there. So, and, and, and so all of that to say, here's an example of what not we're talking about. <laughs> here's, uh, here's an excerpt of uh, Pussy Riot with Make America Great. Do you want your world to look like? What do you want it to be? Do you know that the world has two sides and nobody is free? Did your mama come from Mexico? Papa come from Palestine? Sticking all through Syria, crossing all the borderlines? Let other people in, listen to your women. Stop killing black children. So one of the things that uh, we'd like to add to the show is a little segment we like to call the throwback segment. Yeah, so, you know, even though we mostly want to focus on more recent music that uh, takes on political topics, uh, each segment starting now, we're going to do uh, a little bit about a couple older uh, pieces, and, uh, but that connect with things that are happening now as well. So um, my pick for the throwback segment is um, one of my favorite uh, songwriters from uh, the early part of the 20th century. And I was thinking about the inauguration when I think of this song, even though it, it, it wasn't written about an inauguration. It was written about D.C. and uh, it's Bourgeois Town from Lead Belly. 
So, you know, Lead Belly was an incredibly important figure uh, from the, the first wave of the folk music boom in this country. He and, and Woody Guthrie are yeah. usually held up as the, like mm-hmm. the two father figures of uh, the, the folk revival movements. And uh, the story I'd heard about this song is that uh, Lead Belly was, was, was treated bad in the segregated uh, D.C. area. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't remember now whether it was Alan Lomax or John Lomax. Do you remember? Uh, I thought it was his manager. I mean, well, I, I, John Lomax was, was basically his yeah. his manager. And his manager said, "Yeah, this is a bourgeois town." Yeah, right? well, yeah. Leadbelly was complaining about it, and 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 I, I think Alan Lomax said, yeah. or John Lomax, Lomax said, "Oh, you don't want to go there anyway because it's a bourgeois town." <laughs> and he goes, "What's a bourgeois? What's bourgeois?" Yeah. And then he told them the definition, and then he came up with the. With the song, so there's lots of great versions of this song, uh, but we're going to hear the the original scratchy old version of Lead Belly doing it with his big twelve string guitar. And uh, my pick for this throwback segment doesn't go back anywhere near as far, uh, but uh, Gil Scott Heron had this great uh, soulful song, "Winter in America," I believe was the title song of one of his albums mm-hmm. too. And I I just I'm thinking about how it feels like. Uh, that kind of American decline, you know, that that we're 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 in this period now, especially with uh, T. Rump in the White House, uh, where it just feels like we're ceding our uh, position of leadership in the world. And uh, that time in the '70s when Gil Scott Heron did the this song, you know, it's it's a time of Watergate and and the end of the Vietnam War and the American cities just falling apart with drugs and crime. And so, to me, that sense of of disintegration of our national fabric uh, speaks to me about this this time too. I hope I'm wrong. You know what's truly amazing uh, about both of the, the about that time you're talking about? It's like I just thinking about all the times throughout, even just looking at the 20th century when, uh, when, when Americans felt this way. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, the, again, when we were talking about earlier in the, in the show, uh, 1917, but you go to 1920, 21, 22, like the teapot dome scandal and, uh, the, the temperance movement was not working. And the, mm-hmm. it was like all this bootlegging and, uh, you get the, you, you really see the, um, the uh how uh the i don't want to call it mob but i mean the uh, uh um there was the, this underworld that was really coming into power and really having effect on um the government mm-hmm. you know um so you're saying that america's always falling apart is that yeah it, it seems like it seems like it's always falling apart and always being great i mean i, I mean can you think of a worse time than 1927 uh you know mm-hmm. um you know for the for the whole country and um you know my dad tells me stories about he used to tell me gone now but he used to tell me stories about he was three when that happened and he and his four brothers had to sleep in the same bed i mean mm-hmm. my parents but my dad was poor when he was a kid but being poor and then having poor dumped on top of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was, well, and, it is a helpful perspective, of course, to have, because when we feel down about mm-hmm. just how bad things are that, you know, and, and a lot of times people are missing that perspective of thinking just how bad things yeah. have been at other times and politically too. I mean, I, I was just reading again about the blacklist mm-hmm. period and oh, just, that's, you know, that's, yeah. And, and that was just a horrible time mm-hmm. for so many people, including people that we talk about here, like Pete Seeger who yeah. were blacklisted and, you know, so surviving through that time mm-hmm. when people literally weren't even allowed to do the work that they did right. for pay, 
when, because of their politics. Well, it's when Paul Robeson, who we mentioned earlier, right. also moved to uh, Russia, which was very controversial. Right, definitely. And, um, yeah, and I was, it's, going back to the 20s, I was thinking that's also the Dust Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's, so we, you know, you fell apart. I mean, and then, you know, out of the rubbles of that became the, the strongest and biggest economy in the world, mm-hmm. the world has ever seen. And, and the, the true birth of the middle class. And uh, and to connect this all with music, too, even through all of those hard times, or maybe especially in those hard <laughs> yeah. times, there was incredible songs, you know, there were incredible pieces yeah. written in response to the times. Yeah, and so here they are, our throwback. Listen, young people, listen to me. Don't try to buy no home down in Washington, D.C., because it's the place for Just can't stand much more 
like the forest buried beneath the highway never had a chance to grow never had a chance to grow and now it's a winter winter in America yes and all of the hills have been killed sent away yeah but the people know the people know it's winter winter in America Save your soul Lord knows from winter in America The Constitution A noble piece of paper With free society Struggled but they died in vain And now democracy Is a ragtime on the corner Hoping for some rain It look like either hoping Hoping for some rain And I see the robins Perched in barren treetops They're watching last-ditch races Marching across the floor But just like the peace signs That vanished in our dreams Never had a chance to grow Never had a chance to grow And now it's winter It's winter in America And all of the hillers Have been killed Betrayed. Yeah, but the people know, the people know it's winter Lord knows it's winter in America And ain't nobody fighting Cause nobody knows what to say Save your soul from a winter in America Now 
it's a winner Winter in America And all of the healers Done been killed Sit away to say and ain't nobody fighting cause nobody knows nobody knows and ain't nobody fighting cause Christine Lavin is a wonderful singer-songwriter who's been working for many years since the 80s, uh, has had a lot of songs that that other people have done, and she's also fostered and encouraged uh, generations of young songwriters in New York and, and around the country. She's particularly known as a very funny lady, uh, both in her songs and in the presentation of her songs. But she's one of an increasing number of songwriters that's felt called to write a political song or political music since the election. And we're going to hear an interview that we did with her where she talks about that and hear that that song that I mentioned. I don't specifically try to write political or write funny. Whatever comes out, comes out. One of the things that Dave Van Ronk said to me years ago that haunts me to this day, which I have repeated many times, is that it is very hard to write a good political song, and it is very easy to write a bad one. It's very interesting. I actually wrote it on an Amtrak train uh, between New York City and Rochester, and um, I recorded it. The very first time I recorded it was on that same train. I also wanted to do a song that didn't say the name Trump because I really loathe the man so much. I lived in New York for 40 years, so we're used to living with him and his crazy headlines and his his crazy narcissism and his crazy pretending he's his own publicist kind of thing. New Yorkers, I mean, that's why he never even attempted to win over New York City or New York State because we know him. And and I've I've done shows now where people from there's Trump people in the audience who've yelled out at me, oh you're going to be surprised, wait, oh you're going to be so surprised what what he's going to do, he's going to make America great again. And I stop and I say, you know what? I would love to be surprised. He's my president too. I don't want to see him fail, but I know too much, and I'm not going to pretend that I don't. There's a storm on the horizon. Skies are blustery and gray. All hands on deck, anchors away. The captain says, full steam ahead. You can trust in me. Now we're hanging on for dear life between the devil and the deep blue sea. His crew are all landlubbers, his sons and his daughter. None of them has spent time on this kind of water. He's never piloted a ship. He does not want advice. 
Cause he heads into the storm I guess he'd rather roll the dice And when it all goes wrong We can't say we weren't warm When it all goes wrong When we're overtaken by the storm When it all goes wrong When he drives this ship aground We'll throw captain and crew overboard Then turn the ship around Bitter batten down the hatches As the ship of state will drift We never know exactly when and how his mood will shift He can't focus on the ocean He can't focus on the land Our captain's so distracted by what's tweeting in his hand Pirates lurking on the waves Hackers in the wires Love the way he'd jab his finger when he said you're fired As if those words entitled him to lead this bloodless coup I look forward to the day we say those words to you When it all goes wrong We can't say we weren't warned When it all goes wrong When we're enveloped by the storm When it all goes wrong When he drives that ship aground We'll throw captain and crew overboard Then turn the ship around Okay, we'll throw you life preservers So you do not drown But we're gonna throw you overboard Then turn the ship around So that was Christine Lavin, and I I, I like that song. I I, um, I do too, and I I, I particularly like uh, also wanted uh, I particularly wanted to just talk a little bit about the uh, comment that she said that Dave Van Ronk made, um, and about it's really easy to write a, uh, it's 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 very hard to write a good political song and very easy to write a bad one, and uh, there are a lot of bad ones. <laughs> it's true, yeah, and I but I also. I feel like there's a lot of people who, because they've heard bad political songs, they use that to paint with a broad brush all mm. political music. Yeah. And instead of being distinguishing and saying, this is a good one, this is a bad one, they're just like, political music is bad. People shouldn't do that. Yeah. you know. And I think that's wrong because there's certainly bad songs that have no political content as well. And then they don't even have their heart in the right place. They're not even trying to do anything. So I'm not saying that people should get credit for writing a bad political song, but at least they're trying. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and, you know, it just dawned on me, I think we talked about a little bit this in the first half of, in part one of this, mm -hmm. we talked about, I think I did raise the... Uh, Tom Petty song about the LA riots and a couple of other things. I don't remember. Maybe we talked. I don't about think it. you said that in the show. You told. Uh, we have so many conversations, <laughs> Rodney and I, when we're not, not on the mics. That, that, that was. So there's some examples of, and again, I love Tom Petty. Um, and uh, as a songwriter, I think he's absolutely brilliant. But there's an example of a song that just didn't work. The the one about mm -hmm. the riots in LA. And then uh, there's a Lenny Kravitz one. And, and again, I, I think I'll err on the side of more pop and rock things that I'll pick mm -hmm. out. Um, I mean, I kind of forgive. I'm not going to play Sun City. It's not a good song. <laughs> I, I love there the sentiment. There were some good songs as part of that project. Though, yes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but then you look at a song like The Rising. And we just talked uh -huh. that we're going to do a show probably in the future about 9-11. And mm -hmm. there's a really amazing song about uh, about 9-11 from, of course, Bruce Springsteen, who's a great songwriter. Uh, but I think one of the things, what makes a 
good, not even a good political song, but what makes a good song? Whoa, that's a big <laughs> question. I think we should stick with the political song for you. He first started saying, but you know, I think that there's a lot of different kinds of, of good political songs. I mean, I think a lot of times that the, the Christine Lavin one, I think part of what we like about it or what I like about it is that it uses this extended metaphor, mm-hmm. this whole ship thing, yes. and which connects well with the ship of state mm-hmm. and it's artfully done. Yeah. So as a song in terms of the craft, it, uh-huh. it holds up. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, it's not that it's uh, subtle or obscure in terms of getting the point across. It's clear, mm-hmm. but it does it in a way where you can appreciate it as a song and you can appreciate what it's saying. And it's the, yeah, like, I, 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 it's, uh, even though you say that it's clear, which I agree, it also doesn't beat you over the head. Like right. the, the Pussy Riot song that we heard earlier, which is like a right. hammer to your skull with a big, a, a big axe. <laughs> Like, you will understand what we're singing about now. Right, right. And um But some things can be elegantly simple. Like yes. I mean, I think that that that's a very hard thing to do, but yeah. like a lot of the anthems we shall overcome, mm-hmm. uh, we shall not be moved. The, yeah. A lot of the things from the civil rights era and things from the labor, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of those songs were simple, they were yeah. direct, but somehow they still <laughs> worked. So there, you yeah. know, I think um that some of the things that are I guess maybe it's a difference between being simple and being simplistic. <laughs> yes. You know, that, that, that something mm-hmm. can be simple and still beautiful or elegant yeah. or powerful. But if you feel like it's just a little too raw and simplistic, mm-hmm. then that can turn yeah, us it, it, off. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a very challenging thing to, to really put a... And of course, it's subjective. A, Some, it, sometimes people well, don't agree about what They don't agree, but I think there's also... Uh, um, one of the things I, I, I often say to my students, and, and I think uh, that there's a couple of tests of whether something is good or not, and and maybe I'll get in trouble for saying this, which could be a good thing. Um, <laughs> one of them is, uh, and I think if I'm repeating myself, forgive me, but um, one is, uh, does it do what it's set out to do? Does it achieve its goals? Um, and one of my other ones is, does it stand the test of time? Like, how does it age? And that's a really difficult one, but I think it's also one of the the tests to tell if something is great and and whether it's, you know, because I don't think you can really tell 100% in your own time how good something is. You can tell you, you can say you like it. You mm-hmm. can say, "Hey, that 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 really moved me and uh I think it's a great piece of work, but I think it's time because there's something about a great piece of work that has layers and depth that even if it's simple, like I could see, maybe I'm wrong, but I could see 300 years from now, people will still be singing We Shall Overcome because somewhere mm-hmm. somebody's going to be oppressing somebody and right. there's just nothing more powerful than that. I mean, it, who knows if English will be the dominant language at the time. Right. Probably you'll get translated into some other language. It, it already has been sung in lots <laughs> of languages. But, you know, I would say, I just want to point out, there's a little bit, to me, a little yeah. bit of a contradiction between yeah. your two criteria because Mm -hmm. i totally agree with both of them but the first one is Mm -hmm. um that we should judge things sort of by what they set out to do which we actually we talked about a little bit earlier but if we're doing that if what something sets out to do Mm -hmm. is to be of the times and specifically topical and Mm -hmm. not trying to stand the test of time (laughs) then we wouldn't say that that's a criteria for it being great it's great for what it is 
for that moment and it doesn't need to last because the maybe the issue it's responding to is very um short shelf life you know yeah uh, i completely get what you're saying although i would throw i don't have a musical art uh response but i have a literary one and that would be shakespeare because there i mean there's there's so much politics going on in in all those plays and boy do they stand the test of time and boy are some of those things timely and it, it i mean not timely right. timeless sorry well, i'm not saying that something that was written for a very topical reason can't stand the test of time i'm right. just saying if we're going to say that one mm. of the criteria mm. is that we're judging it by its own mm. purpose uh-huh. if the purpose is short lived then it doesn't have to stand the test of time in order to be yeah, serving yeah i can see purpose. what you're saying yeah. like if i if we sat here and said hey let's write a song right now today about uh, Comey, and uh, hopefully ha- that wouldn't ha- need to be sung in five or <laughs> yeah, ten years, yeah, right. or even yes. five months. Yeah. I, I already have the hook. It's, it's, <laughs> Comey don't play that. Okay, see how okay. bad the song is already. <laughs> see how easy it is to write a bad political song. Yes, but here is what I think is a really wonderful song by my friend Billy Jonas, and uh, this is a song that he was at least spreading around right after the election. It's called More Love. And you'll hear some Hebrew in there, which is really just the Hebrew translation of the chorus phrase of, uh, did you put more love in the world today? I think it's a beautiful uh, response to a lot of the hate and awful stuff that's going on. And we hope you enjoy it. I've been wandering and I don't understand Stumbling around, blind and thirsty towards some promised land But I remember once a whispering in my ear Everything you do from your heart will surely echo here So I dance and sing that too Pour my water on the ground and Watch as roses bloom Did you put Oh, 
day I found a place I could not mend Sitting on the bed, holding hands with a faithful friend And I told her that the whole thing shook my faith Wondering aloud if our striving was really all a waste She said, there is just one task all that matters is the answer when the question's asked. Did you put more love in the world today? More love on your way to the setting sun. There is only one measure when you can honestly say, I put Some worry that the dream has died and nothing worthwhile is left. Tell them that, like a runner in a marathon race, we're catching a second breath. Catch a second breath. Catch a second breath. Rain or shine or in between, we're working on a living dream. Catch a second breath. Catch a second breath. We're not counting on a con man scheme. Working on a living dream. When our journey began, our hearts were filled with the dreams that we carried inside. The sun shone red on the road ahead, and the pipe looked ten lanes wide. Now the road is narrow, and it wiggles and bends, and a rock slide bars the way. But the dream will flower in the final hour when we carry the rubble away. Catch a second breath. Catch a second breath. Rain or shine or in between, we're working on a living dream. Catch a second breath. Catch a second breath. We're not counting on a con man scheme, we're working on a living dream. As the world grows smaller and time grows short and the walls come and tumbling down. Gotta tackle that U.S. war machine. It's the highest wall in town. There's the wall that separates rich from poor and other parts black from white. There's lots to do, both old and new. So do the right thing right. Catch a second breath. Catch a second breath. Rain or shine or in between, we're working on a living dream. Catch a second breath. Second breath. We're not counting on a con man scheme. We're 
made a movie of your life, my friend, you would shine like a Hollywood star. You never have shirked the difficult work, you've made life better by far. So if for a time it's two steps back, no time to weep been born. If the people's hour, let's fight the power and carry that dream on home. Catch a second breath, catch a second breath. Rain or shine or in between, we're working on a living dream. Catch a second breath, catch a second breath. We're not counting on a con man scheme, we're working on a living dream. Catch a second breath, catch a second breath. Rain or shine or in between, we're working on a living dream. Catch a second breath. Life is hard, but life is green. We're working on a living dream. That was Catch a Second Breath by Bernice Diskin, a songwriter that you probably haven't heard a lot of songs from, but I wish you would because she has a lot of really wonderful songs. And that song is really the song that I wanted to sing right after the election. I felt Mm. that was the song I needed Mm -hmm. because I felt demoralized as many of us did and i felt that that message of we need to sort of re-energize ourselves and remember that this is a long distance uh race and not a a, a short you know sprint mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh was just exactly exactly the message that i felt you know i needed mm. that's very cool so that was me yeah. and jenny and rodney doing that yay <laughs> And I just wanted to say uh, about the previous song, uh, More Love, and the song we're about to play to close out the show. Um, And uh, I'll try to do it briefly and not get on my high horse. But I think that when you really think about what it means to be truly connected to someone and truly human, there is no other word that really describes it as love. And I think that it's it's sometimes people can minimize that or make it seem trite or make it seem like, oh, they're just talking about love. But no, I think John Lennon said it, (laughs) all you need is love. But he wasn't talking about romantic love or uh, the love of your pet or which are all very powerful or the love of like, I love my scooter (laughs) riding my motorbike. But it's that universal love that kind of love that you don't need to be anything other than who you are to receive it or to give it and it's it's this human thing that connects us all so i think when when people are when when, when the singers are singing that stuff I, I, and maybe this is obvious to most people listening and it doesn't need to be pointed out but i just think that uh, it's important to know that there's so much meaning behind those words when someone sings them i mean you know it, it was the love of people that drove martin luther king to do what it did. it wasn't just a, it wasn't it's not it's not like a romantic love it was the love of humanity and and that i know it sounds grandiose and over the top and oh boy i'm on a high horse but but it's true right yeah. and, and but but i think once again like we were saying before with political songs in general you know, sometimes people use those images of love in a song and it really works and it feels sincere and it feels real. 
and sometimes it does feel trite, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I think these examples, though, that the Billy Jonas song is an example mm-hmm. and the one we're about to play where mm-hmm. people are, are using those images mm-hmm. in a way at least that resonates for me and mm-hmm. really works, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so, and it's this idea. I think the thing is we're, we're talking about love as opposed to hate, which is what is being espoused by uh-huh. T. Rump and you know some of the people who who support him, mm-hmm. so it has a a power, it has a punch to it. It's mm-hmm. it's it, it's not just sort of oh let's all hold hands yeah. and sway back and forth. It's like we're holding up love as a counter to something, yeah. you know, and it's a power, yeah, like Gandhi, mm-hmm. like Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. like Jesus. I could go down the list. <laughs> Good company to be in. Um, so we're going to close out the show with a song that about love. <laughs> yeah, so this is Melanie Demore, who's a wonderful uh, choir leader and songwriter in the Bay Area. And she wrote this song, Lead With Love, right after the election, the next day after the election. We've got a bunch of that in this show. <laughs> and uh, and this is really a version where she immediately put it out there, like on YouTube, Facebook, just so that people could learn the song. And it's part of this whole rising tide of songs that are meant for people to sing together at rallies mm-hmm. and stuff. It's not necessarily the, you know, the kind of thing that people are performing for other people, but it's more for, for everybody to sing together, mm-hmm. which we need. And it hasn't really been the kind of thing a lot of songwriters were focusing on mm-hmm. uh, you know, in recent years, and it's, mm-hmm. it's rising again. And yeah. I think that's a good thing to see. Yes. So here, here is uh, Lead With Love. Here's my song, put one foot in front of the other. And the verses are call and response. And here's how it goes. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Don't give up hope. You're not alone. Don't you give up. Keep moving on. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Lift up your eyes. Don't you despair. Look up ahead. The path is there. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. I know you're scared and I'm scared too. But here I am, right next to you. We gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. We gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Put 
One foot in front of the other and lead with love. And lead with love. And lead with love. There you go. That's the song. I love you. So that was Lead with Love by Melanie Damore. And uh, we we here at Music for the New Revolution would like to encourage our listeners, if they have an idea for a song or uh, or a professional songwriter feels so moved to just record something and throw it up there, send it to us. Um, whether it's something you record just on your phone or on GarageBand or however you find a way to record it and send it over, we'd love to hear it and love to share it with everyone. Because, you know, historically some there's some great... Uh, protest and politically oriented songs that just come from people and um i think they all come from people (laughs) (laughs) boy i ain't heard no horses sing them i can be classes can i (laughs) or i don't know if it's classes or uh you know yes because musicians aren't people we're a special breed (laughs) we're separated from the lay people because we're artists yes okay so i just need to go get some more training and i'll be back next time with um (laughs) Music for the New Revolution. I'm Rodney Wittenberg. I'm David Heitler Clevens. Thanks for listening. Music for the New Revolution is written, edited, and produced by Rodney Wittenberg and David Heitler Clevens. It's recorded and engineered at Melody Vision Studios in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. All music used in this program is for promotional and educational purposes only. Our theme song was composed by Jason Wong Shing. Find out more information about Music for the New Revolution on our Facebook page. I'm Rodney Wittenberg. I'm David Heitler Clevens. And thanks for listening to Music for the New Revolution. The revolution will put you in the driver's seat. The revolution will not be televised.